fast this year has gone by, but this morning is a special Sunday in this year. As many of us are probably aware, there are four young men who are part of our leadership team here at MRCC who are in the process of preparing for a lifetime of ministry. One of them is our youth pastor, Josh. Another one is his assistant, Brent. Another one is Jaken, who many of you have seen in the kids department down the hall. He's been serving there for the last year. And the other one is, is Tyler Cash this morning. And Tyler's going to come in just a moment and share the word. This is his very first Sunday preaching the gospel. Can we just celebrate that a little bit? Yeah, 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 yeah. And one of the hallmarks of a healthy church is that we together collectively are preparing the next generation to lead, to carry the gospel, to serve the church. And that is what these young men are committed to. And this morning, Tyler is going to come. It's actually his third sermon, but his first Sunday. Can we just welcome him and encourage him as he comes to share the word this morning? Hey, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I am super grateful that Pastor Greg remembered my name. Because uh, if you were here in third or second service last week uh, when he was naming all of us, um, he totally forgot my name and named everyone else. And someone graciously in the front row reminded him of my name. I thought it was really funny. Um, like you said, my name is Tyler. Um, I am the media and young adults director here at MRCC. Um, have you guys ever been forgotten before? Has like your parent ever forgot you at the supermarket or something? Or parents, have you ever forgotten a child at the supermarket? He has. <laughs> Going into middle school is always awkward, right? Because you're in fifth grade. Ah, you're the top of the school, everything's great. And, and then you go into middle school, and you go from the, the biggest to the smallest. And in middle school, everyone older than you is taller and smellier and hairier and way bigger, like just in total. And I'm not just talking about the guys. Ladies, it's totally true. And when I was in sixth grade, I had this teacher who, uh, she never called me by my first name. She always called me by my last name. And when you're a 12-year-old, you don't really have an identity. Your identity is kind of wrapped up in your name. It's not wrapped up in anything else because uh, sports isn't a big deal or anything. And so when she never called me by my name, I was very, um, I felt devalued and I felt unknown. And, and um at 12 years old, like, that's a lot to feel at, at 12. And uh, we were coming, I was coming to youth here at the time. And I remember one Wednesday night, um, the youth uh, speaker that night, um, he spoke a verse, and it, it, it's always stuck with me. And it's Isaiah 41.10. It says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. And as a 12-year-old kid, the Bible was just something that I read on Sundays and Wednesdays when we were at church. It's not uh, like uh, it is today where I'm in it daily and I'm enjoying it and I, and I apply it to my life. A little backstory for you. I grew up here at MRCC. This is the only church that I've attended um, for uh, an extended period of time. And I've been involved with youth and media um, over the years. 
funny story. When I went through the new membership class uh, a couple years ago, uh, we were in this big circle, and we went around and told everyone how long we'd been coming to MRCC. People were, you know, six months, eight months, two and a half years, and then it got to me, and I was like, eight, 18 years? And everyone was like, what the heck took you so long? That just wasn't a priority for me. Um, I met my wife um, in middle school. Uh, I'm a hopeless romantic, and so when I met her, um, she had just broken her foot uh, running track, and I ran up, and I was like, let me see it, and she showed it to me, and I was like, ew, that's gross, and then I ran away. Like, love story for the ages. We didn't start dating until we were seniors in high school. Uh, We've been married for about two and a half years, and yesterday we had our first big marriage challenge. Two and a half years. Can you believe it? We moved for the first time together. Yeah. And earlier this week, she sends me a text, and she goes, hey, I need to tell you something. And I'm like, did the house burn down? Like, what do you, what do you, what? She goes, I have 60 pairs of shoes. <laughs> and I'm like, babe, I have 60 articles of clothing. Like, <laughs> come on. Growing up, I was always super money-oriented. I don't know if it has anything to do with my last name. Maybe, probably not. Um, But I always wanted money. But I didn't like hard work. (laughs) And those two don't go hand in hand. And I thought I would just eventually become rich, and I could just buy a whole bunch of stuff, and that would just make me happy. After I graduated high school, I uh, worked a few uh, odd jobs. I worked for a warehouse. I worked for uh, a coffee shop. And then I also worked for a, a paint supply company. And uh, at the time when I was working at the coffee shop, um, I met some people. And we became really, really good friends. That friendship uh, continued to grow over the years, even after I had left that job. And I moved to a different job. And... During that time that we were all still hanging out together, um, we came up with this idea that we wanted to start a coffee roasting company. And I was like, yo, this is it. We're going to make it big. I can sell everything. This is great. And the job that I was working at the time paid all my bills, and but I had to work a lot. And I was like, if I'm going to make this coffee roasting company happen, like i got to quit my job. And... Uh, I'm extremely thankful that Michaela, my wife, let me do that. Um, One, for her support in starting that, and then allowing me to uh, still be a support while I quit that. And just a word of advice to you guys, if you're not married yet, do not quit your job two months after you get married. It is not good. The coffee company ended up not working out. Um, Luckily, we were able to sell everything um, and paid off all of our debts, so we didn't have anything. But during this time... I became really, really depressed. I didn't have a job to go to, so I just played video games and watched movies all night long, and I slept all day. I was lonely, depressed, and not in a good place. And how often do we feel like nothing can go right? Later that month, uh, my dad asked me to help out at a youth winter camp. Um, I had stepped away from youth for a a short period of time because with working so much and... um, having to start the coffee roasting company and then planning a wedding. It was just a lot. And he was like, you know what? I want you to come and and just run the media side of things. Um, And I was like, can we just meet and talk about it? He's like, yeah, sure. Why not? And so we go to a restaurant, downtown Enumclaw. We go to meet. And the first words out of his mouth were, so how's it going? And I just broke. I was bawling. I was crying. The snot just out 
of the nose. It was disgusting. Everything that I had been holding on to, and, and I, I just told him, I was like, Dad, I feel like a failure. Nothing can go right for me. I had failed at everything. Uh, my, I didn't finish the, the college that I was going to. My, my coffee company uh, went under, and I, I quit a job that, that paid all my bills. And I learned that at that time, God uses tough times to get our attention. And we can dive into the Bible and find several people and see that God does not call the equipped. He equips the called. So we're going to turn in our Bible to Judges chapter 6. Um, Old Testament, come on. I love the Old Testament because of all of the amazing stories and everything in there. Um, if the Old Testament ever gets turned into a movie, it will definitely be rated R. Um, just being honest, it's crazy. We're going to talk about Gideon today. And uh, we're going to read Judges chapter 6, 1 through 6 to start. And it's, The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And for seven years he gave them into the hand of the Midianites. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites and other eastern peoples invaded the country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. They, come up, they came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them or their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried to the Lord for help. Does that sound like a fun time to you? Because it does not to me. I've been around a grasshopper before, and they're a lot like locusts. And if there's swarms of them, that's disgusting. We're going to skip ahead a few verses to verse 12. And if you don't think that God has a sense of humor, he calls Gideon. And Gideon was part of the smallest tribe, and he was the smallest person in his tribe. He, he was a little guy. And the, uh, God sent an angel of the Lord to him, and he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And I bet Gideon, when he heard that, he was like, Me? Like, are you sure you're not talking to the guy behind me? Like, do you see how much more work he's doing than I am? And in verse 16, the Lord answered him and he said, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. After I met with my dad um, and I went to that winter camp, I helped out. I came back and I talked to him about becoming an intern which I was informed between first and second service that this is not actually how it went down. Before this, Pastor Greg um, was talking to my dad about me becoming an intern. And my dad was like, mm, no, I don't, I don't think he wants to do it. I don't, I don't think that's him and everything. And then I came, came in and met with him and, and asked him. And uh, he had to go meet with Pastor Greg really quick. And I bet the conversation went like this. When he walked in, he was like, hey, Tyler wants to become an intern. What do you think? And I think Pastor Greg went, I told you so. <laughs> and uh, at that time, we had two interns, uh, Pastor Josh, um, who's now, or Josh, who is now our youth pastor, and then Brent, his assistant. And if it wasn't for Josh, um, he pushed me. He was like, hey, you know what? I think that, that this is a huge thing for you. I think that you should do this. And honestly, I didn't have anything else to do, um, which I know is not the right answer, but it's true. Um, I, went, I went and did that, and um, I'm extremely thankful for him. And a couple of weeks went by, and we ended up going to this youth conference. Uh, it was a, for youth pastors and youth leaders um, just to, to gain more tools to um, speak to the youth. And I'd been there before, and so it wasn't anything super special for me. Um, I wasn't, you know, like... 
I had see, there's a bunch of friends there. Like, I, it wasn't anything new. It wasn't anything super exciting. And during this first worship set, uh, God just spoke to me, and he said that these are your people. This is where you belong. And I was floored. I had no clue what it meant. I was confused. I didn't, I didn't understand. I had so many questions. The first one was like, do you really want me to stay in Yakima? Like, the sign says the Palm Springs of Washington, but that is not true. That guy lied. He had never been to Palm Springs. But other questions I had is, am I called to ministry? Am I called to youth ministry? I didn't think that I was called to ministry at all. I never thought that I would do that because I'm not, I'm not super special. And when God spoke to me, I thought I couldn't speak in front of people. In all honesty, when Pastor Greg came down to my office a couple weeks ago and said, hey, you're preaching on this Sunday, I was like, nah uh I'm up here. So I've been dreading it, but I've been really excited. And so the weeks ahead were filled with excitement and, and everything. And I don't like to be up front. I like to be in the back fixing things that the guy up front ruins. And I don't want any eyes on me or anything like that. And so while I thought that, I remember that God always sees more than we do. One of the biggest lies that we tell ourselves is that God only uses special people. And as a born-again believer, we are God's children. We are his masterpiece, his friend. We are justified, free from condemnation from God. We are adopted into his family, and our citizenship is in heaven. We belong to God, never to be separated from his love, and we have everything we need in him. God knows who you are, even if you don't. I never, ever, ever thought that I was going to get up on a platform or even work for a church, but God knew what I needed to go through to get me where I needed to be. I know that God has more awesome plans for me. He gave me this creative eye for media and photography. That's why you always see me walking around with a camera, taking pictures or video. And then he also gave me a heart for the young adults. And that's why we have young adults ministry on Sunday nights to to reach the young adults in our community. God knows the potential that we all have, and he's going to do everything that he can to help us fulfill that. God is also very patient with our faith process. In Judges chapter 6, verses 36 and 40, we're going to read that. He says, Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by my hand, as you have promised, look, I will place a wool fleece on the threshing floor. If there is dew only on the fleece and all the ground is dry, then I will know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you said. That is what happened. Gideon rose early the next day. He squeezed the fleece and wrung it out into a bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God, do not be angry with me. Let me just one more time request. Allow me to make one more test with this fleece. But this time make the fleece dry and let the ground be covered with dew. That night God did so. Only the fleece was dry all around all the ground around was covered with dew. We see Gideon struggle with these doubts. Even though he had been empowered, he, he was able to call all the tribes of Israel at the time and uh, create this army to go fight the Midianites. And he still tr- struggles with these doubts. How often do we get this drive and this amazingness to go out and change and do something, but the doubt slowly creeps in right into our, in our heads? In these verses, Gideon is testing God. And during that, God is gracious, graciously and patiently confirming his power to Gideon, matching each doubt with kind reassurance. God shows us the same patience when we seek him, always giving our fears to him so we can grow deeper in him as men and women of God. In chapter 7, verses 1 through 8, to prove his power even more, God grinds Israel, our, Israel, 
Israel's army down from 32,000 to 300. So the, the first test that he had, he was like, you know what, Gideon, go to everyone and ask them if they're scared to fight the Midianite army. And 22,000 of the 32,000 were scared. And so God was like, send them home. 22,000 to 10,000 just like that. And then the next one was the, he's like, you know what, they're remaining, they, they, they look a little thirsty, so I want you to, to go down to a river and uh, let them drink water. And they did that, and only 300 of them picked up the water with their hands and drank it out of their hands. The rest of them got down and drank it out of just the river. And God was like, you know what, those 300, they have better manners, so keep them, send the rest home. 32,000 down to 300. In chapter 8, the, the Bible tells us that the Midianite army numbered 135,000. So some quick math for you. 135,000 versus 300. That's 450 Midianites to every one Israeli soldier. Humanly speaking, that's, there's no way that we can defy those odds. But you know who really enjoys those odds? God does. God loves those odds. In one of the strangest battles I've ever heard of, we see these 300 men uh, surround the Midianite army. Can you imagine the conversations, like, as they were going to battle? Like, he handed me a trumpet and a jar. I, if I was there, I probably would have been, like, trying to hide a dagger or something in my robe. Just been like, I'm just going to keep this just in case. Gideon's army surrounded the Midianites. They blew their trumpets. They smashed their jars while God sent confusion into the Midianite army, and they all killed each other. That's super strange, right? Just to wrap things up this morning, I just want to ask a simple question. What is God calling you to that you don't feel equipped for? God says that you can do it. Let's pray. Lord God, we come to you right now with all the, the doubts and the struggles that we have. We know that you've called us to something, and I just pray that we can dive into that and know that we can just fall back into you and your presence and your grace and your patience. I pray that you will call us if you have not, Lord God, and I pray that you can give us every opportunity to fulfill that calling. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, Tyler Cash's very first uh, Sunday morning. Yeah, very first time. I'm going to violate your confidence. He told me he almost threw up before first service and uh, made it all the way to the end. God knows who you are even when you don't. That's what the Holy Spirit is saying to you, us this morning. That's what he's saying to you. Where is it in your life that God is challenging you to step up and calling you? And you're saying, but Lord, this is me. <laughs> There's a little bit of memory lane for me because I remember the very first Sunday that I was asked by my pastor to preach. And I thought, oh, I can't do that. And now all these years later, here we are. Church, this is a important ministry that we are engaged in in raising these young leaders for the next generation. And so I want to ask you, us, to own this ministry for this next season as God uses us to prepare them for the future. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to join me in prayer for them. But when it's about them, it's also about us. Where is it that God is calling you to be a mighty warrior? To rise above your own limitations.
you know, I hope you don't think that at this point I feel like, ah, this isn't even hard. I've been doing this for a long time. It's all good. Every single week I think, Lord, how can you possibly make something out of me? And every single week he does. And he does that with all of us. He's using us as a church to do that with these young leaders. So, Michaela, I'm going to ask you to come up on the platform, would you, in church? I'm going to ask you to join with me in your heart in owning the preparation of these leaders for the future. Would you stand with me and let's pray together for Tyler, Michaela, for Jacob, and, and for all the rest, and ask God to use our church to raise up those who will carry the gospel to the next generation. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, we thank you this morning that you take middle schoolers and turn them into men and women of God. Lord, we thank you that you reach into the, our lives when we feel at our lowest, Lord. When, like Gideon, we feel small and broken and unable and incapable. And you come along and you say, hey, come follow me and I'm going to do great things through you. God, we thank you that that's who you are, that that is your father heart. And we pray specifically this morning for Tyler and Michaela as they are preparing for a lifetime of serving you, God. We ask your blessing on them. We ask that your anointing would expand in their hearts. We ask that you would fill them with a faith that moves mountains. God, we pray that you would use us as a church family to help them grow into that leadership. God, use our encouragement in their lives. Use our challenges in their lives, we pray. And God, make us, make us a church that raises up leaders, that gives birth to men and women of God who will keep carrying this gospel until, Jesus, you come back and take us all home. We pray for that, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is family time. That's what this weekend is about. I was going to give you the benediction to close, but Tyler said, Pastor, I have my own benediction, so I'm going to hand this back to him, and he will give it. I don't have a super fancy benediction, but I just wanted to share my favorite Bible verse with you, and it's Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. It's, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Thank you, guys. I hope you have a great week. Have a great day.